the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. Happy uh, Chinese New Year. Did you know it's Chinese New Year? Happy Chinese New Year to everybody. Uh, I don't like the Chinese Communist Party, but I love the Chinese people and the Chinese food. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We got a whole special spread. They're doing the New Year uh, celebration. Um, I am all for these uh, these ethnic holidays that I don't know that much about. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm all for them. It's uh, any time to throw a party and any time to appreciate something you don't know that much about. I don't know that much about Chinese uh, New Year. I'm going to learn a little bit more, and I'm going to gorge on some amazing Chinese food. Um, wow. It is good, good stuff. And it's like very, I think it's a little bit more on the authentic side than perhaps I'm accustomed to. You know, this is not P.F. Chang's. This is this is the real deal. And it's actually better than the, the Americanized version. All right. Happy Chinese New Year. There is hope, everybody. There is hope for everything. If any, if there can be peace between Mark Levin and Sid Rosenberg, two radio greats, right? But I understand that there was a little bit of tension at some point. I don't know why. I don't want to know why. I just, the important part is that they are both allies now and friends. And as you know, Mark Levin is a huge supporter of Israel. I'm a huge supporter of Israel. Sid actually put his ass on the line and went over there. He's a huge supporter of Israel. So it's just wonderful that these two guys are getting along uh, last night. Let's see here. Um, cut. Do I want to hear? I, want, I think I want to hear just the overall. I mean, you realize there was, there was a problem, right, Diego? There was something going on. But it's all water under the bridge. Uh, cut seven. I loved you for years. Uh, we had that little tiff for a couple of months. Uh, but whether you're Jewish or not, if you love this country, if you love Israel, and I mean this sincerely, there is no better or bigger voice in the country, in the world today, than Mark Levin. I am honored to call you a friend, and we're very lucky to have you, whether it's radio or TV, talking to us every day. We need you now, Mark Levin, more than ever. This is why I love Sid, not because he praises me, but this is a man who's full of passion and intelligence, and now you know why people want to listen to him. Sid, God bless you, my brother, and take care of yourself. You too. Thank you so much for this. I love you, Mark. Well, then we'll talk love again. Love you too, Thank buddy. You. I love it. And yeah, there was something. There was a tiff. He he just alluded to it. But whatever that tiff was, it means nothing compared to their devotion and support of Israel, which I can't believe it is actually scarce. It's actually it's actually scarce on the public scene today. It's actually scarce. Hey, by the way. Some people tell me I'm an evangelical Christian. I don't know if that's technically true or not, but there is a great bind, a great uh, connection between evangelical Christianity and the Jewish people and Israel. It's, um, it's fervent. It's, there's so many things that evangelicals think are just—we know that Israel is God's country. It all makes sense— I want to do one more. I want to do one more. Let's see here. Uh, cut eight. I want you to uh, to explain. You went to Israel recently, what you did there, what you saw there, 
And now you see that this regime in Washington, D.C. is turning on the Jews, turning on Israel, embracing Dearbornistan, Michigan. Uh, now they're going to back a resolution against Israel in the United Nations. I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse with Biden and Blinken, is it not? It is, but entirely predictable. I'm going to say this. It was just one day after those brutal attacks on October the 7th. And it was an early Sunday morning. It was a football Sunday. I was about to watch the Jets and the Giants, which I couldn't do because I was nauseous from watching the coverage from Israel. This is no surprise. Look, Biden has now been a part of not one, but two administrations that hate our people. Dating back to his days with Obama, he was the VP. He was right there when Obama and Kerry, the architects of that Iran deal, he knew about the pallets of cash that that creep Obama was sending to Palestinians at 4 o'clock in the morning. And then he wins, and he does the same thing all over again. I'm going to tell you this, Mark. The people here that are stupid in the United States, and there's a lot of them, a lot of my own people, Jewish people, their own worst enemy in Israel, they're not buying it. Don't believe what you read here. The people on the streets that I met, well, anecdotal, know the real deal. They know that while Biden go on TV and talk about being pro-Israel, at the same time, he calls Bibi Netanyahu an a-hole or an effing a-hole, and he gives money to Iran, and he constantly puts his foot on the neck of Israel. So he's not fooling those people in Israel, not in Jerusalem, not in Tel Aviv, maybe in Brooklyn, maybe in Virginia, but not there. He has been exposed as the creep. You knew he was, and I knew he was. Wow. And you know, I've had a tip or two with uh, with Sid, but it's nothing compared to that unbridled, beautiful support for Israel. And it's so important right now. And when you see so many establishment figures who should know better, keeping their mouths shut, as Joe Biden says, Israel went over the top in their response. Does anybody need a reminder about what happened on October 7th? How many women and girls were raped? How many children were slaughtered? What did Hamas attack? They didn't attack an Israeli military base. They didn't attack uh, Israeli infrastructure. They attacked a rave concert party where there were there were beautiful people just hanging around, being kids, 19, 20, 21. So it is amazing what's happening. At least it's all on display now. And there can be no doubt, there can be no doubt that anti-Semitism is real. It persists. It's dangerous. And that whole thing about never again, never again will there be a Holocaust. I grew up watching made-for-TV movies in the 1970s and early 1980s. And, you know, whatever, forgive me. But this is how I learned about the Holocaust. And these, things, these, these were masterpieces. This is way before Schindler's List. These movies, one was called Playing for Time. And then they, and they, you know what they had in there? They had lampshades that were made from human skin. I couldn't believe it. Never again. It, to me, it was a no-brainer, of course, but it was just rhetoric, empty rhetoric. It's happening again. It's happened all over the world, by the way. Even other genocide in Africa. Eh, we looked the way. We looked the other way on that because whatever. Um, and we're looking the other way on this. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Not me. Not you. What about our hostages over there? Oh, one other thing about this. Remember when the. Joe had to take the questions from the special prosecutor investigating the documents, the secret documents. He could have done that whenever. That investigation was almost a year old. (laughs) 
Joe sat down with Robert Herr on October 7th. The whole world is blowing up, and he's, he's sitting down with investigators. It's just, just very, very strange. Really, really odd. So, all right, I feel good about that, though. <clears throat> I feel good about it coming together. I also feel excellent about Donald's, Donald Trump's chances on turning over this ludicrous opinion that everybody seems to accept as ludicrous, but kind of like Israel. Not enough people are stepping up and saying this is a crime. What's happening to Donald Trump is a crime. There are a handful of people, Dershowitz, um, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank, right? But where are the accountants? Where are the lawyers? Where are the, where's the Bar Association? Where's the Better Business Bureau? Where are, I, they're, 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 they're hiding because of Trump. You can support Trump. But you got to do it privately. <laughs> you can't be you can't be identified as a Trump guy because the establishment will come for you, like they did Rudy Giuliani, right? Like they did um, Michael Flynn, like they did so many others. Going through that that report, and by the way, there's something else that nobody has really come to terms with. This man, Judge Engeron, who looks like Bozo the Clown, who wears a purple shirt. He's wearing a purple shirt under that silly robe of his in 2024. He's wearing a purple shirt. Anyway, let's forget the purple shirt. You know, he made up his mind about this case all the way back in 2022, before he spoke to any expert witnesses, before he had anybody. He just read a bunch of papers that he was not qualified to interpret. This man knows nothing about finance. And a judge doesn't necessarily have to know much about finance. They don't have to be an expert. They just have to ensure fairness. And if you look at this thing, he's not being fair. It's clear. He's jumping in. He's cross-examining witnesses. He already said that he thinks that there was fraud all the way back in 2022. He has to justify that preconceived notion. He has to justify his already, uh, he already ruled on this thing. So every witness that comes in, remember in October 2023, uh, well, October 2020, last fall, that's when the trial started. It was the penalty phase. That's when they started bringing in the expert witnesses. And you can see it. He's cross-examining them. When, since when did judges do that kind of cross-examination? It is a crime. It really is. Oh, speaking of crime, did you hear, uh, again, at the, the migrants, they don't seem to like cops. I wonder where they could have gotten that idea. Maybe watching television? Do they get do they get MSNBC in Ecuador? Do they get MSNBC and CNN in China where these people are coming from? These illegals coming into the country illegally being hooked up with cash, food, accommodations. They don't like it. Did you see the video of them beating up the cops this time at Randall's Island? Randall's Island kicking another cop in the head. What else can we do for you? This is the Randall's Island facility. This is how it started, by the way. I want to go back to when all those dopey city officials, any excuse to spend some money, give it to contractors, and then who knows where it actually goes. Eric Adams. Listen to this. This is back when they opened this dumb place. Today, the city is opening a new emergency response and relief center to house asylum seekers. CBS News' Hannah Klieger went on a tour of the new facility on Randall's Island. 
Up to 3,000 adults will live in this newly constructed shelter. On today's tour, officials touted it as one of the largest the city has built since the asylum seeker emergency started. We're going to have security guards 24-7. Four massive climate control tents occupy the space of four repurposed soccer fields and a fifth one coming up as we speak. Two additional tents serve as a cafeteria and health screening space. We first will screen you for any communicable diseases. Some of the first men that are going to come here are people that have been at our sites to start working on their next path. Uh, and then newer arrivals coming to the city can come into our respite sites and continue the cycle. Officials say they're still calculating the costs, which will be covered entirely by the state. This comes as Mayor Adams and city officials have consistently asked for state and federal help to accept and house the more than 100,000 asylum seekers that came to New York City since last spring. We are not a city of unlimited resources. So we again call on the federal government and on the state government to provide the appropriate support. Randall's Island housed a tent city last year, which was shut down in the fall because of complaints of a lack of transportation. We want to make sure that people can make it into any part of New York City to find jobs. Right over here is the East Harlem Bridge. We also have the M35 bus. And today we've just been able to confirm that we're going to have a shuttle going to Astoria as well. The city says the space will be used as a longer term shelter and is expected to reach capacity quickly. Really nothing is off the table now as we continue to see so many asylum seekers, both families and adults that need assistance. The center's first 150 tenants move in today on Randall's Island. Hannah Klieger, CBS2 News. Oh, isn't that City nice. officials also say they are currently considering other options, including Floyd Bennett Field in Brooklyn, to yep. help respond to this crisis. All right, fast forward to uh, yesterday. <laughs> what does it sound like on Randall's Island now? They're beating up cops. Beating up cops. Can you imagine breaking into France and then kicking their cops in the head? because you didn't get enough money on your debit card. You didn't get enough free money. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. is the Greg Kelly show. Did you know that New York State paid $400,000 to some guy to come up with um, a negative interpretation of Donald Trump's financial empire? Uh, they hired an expert witness. I thought the state they had people who work there full time, you know, cops, investigators, investigators at the at the, the state attorney general's office. They had to hire somebody, and they paid him $400,000. Uh, 
That's um that's a lot of money. And this guy, you know what's so special about him? He went to the University of Pennsylvania. That's what the judge says, goes through his credentials. You know who went to the University of Pennsylvania? Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Ivanka Trump. But this guy went to the University of Pennsylvania, so his opinion is more important somehow. This whole thing is a crock. It's terrible. Very quickly. Saul, hello. Hey, how are you, Greg? Listen, we have nobody to blame for losing the seat but Peter King. Hey, I told you before about calling this radio station and complaining about my colleagues. Number one, I think the people, the, the big guy is uh, Cairo himself. Cairo. Joe Cairo. That's the guy. He can't pick him. He stinks at picking them. And, you know, I guess a little bit of responsibility has to be laid at the feet of uh, Pillip herself. I mean, I'm sorry. She was uh, it, it just it, not going to happen. Not going to happen. A candidate like that. Not experienced enough. Not polished enough. Not knowledgeable enough. What the hell did Peter King have to do with all this? Well, Peter King chose her. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Can I, can no, I he didn't. He doesn't have. No, he doesn't. Look, these things are committee. Cairo, um, you know, he may be one voice, but he's not the only voice. That wasn't even his district, by the way, Peter King. He was in another district. Well, he doesn't own that district. Doesn't work that way. Um, so that race was a winnable race. Now, one thing is, one thing that made it tough, you know, Swazi is not exactly a lunatic, right? I mean, Swazi, you know, he was a county executive for a long time. What else was he? He was the mayor of Glen Cove. He was already a congressman. I mean, the name recognition of Swazi and the fact that he's a nice guy, you know, and that, that's, uh, that's part of it. Very hard, very tough. But one of these days, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to uh, run for one of these offices and straighten everything out. All right, Saul, so see you later. Let's do one more. Um, Janet. Hi, Craig. Listen, I missed Jesse when you said that things um, that's going to happen with the truckers going to go on strike and not deliver stuff to help Trump, that they should release him and not have this thing go through, which I think is a fabulous idea. And I think if you can come up with something with all your listeners that were on the same page as you, We'll come, we'll join, we'll do whatever. No, what, 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 what do you mean? You, so I don't think the truckers, are... I don't think the truckers should boycott New York. I see another call. You're from Jersey. I live here. I need my stuff. All right? We rely on deliveries oh. here like you don't rely on your deliveries there. I rely on them more so because I can't just get in my car and go to the mall. All right? Oh, no so boycott. Have... It ain't going to work anyway. Look. Oh, really? are No, oh. it's not going to work. They're appealing this thing. It's not going to stand. You're going to screw me over because of that freak Engeron? Because I live here? No, ma'am. Uh-uh. Sorry. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. One thing the fake news is chuckling about is uh, Donald Trump's apartment in Trump Tower. 
there was an there was a an a, a evaluation of that triplex. It's three stories tall, three stories. It's um, three hundred million dollars is what I guess found its way onto uh, financial disclosure forms, and its actual valuation is actually one million dollars. So the judge says, open and shut. That means fraud. That means fraud. Right there, right there. You have all the proof you need. It's actually three hundred million. It's 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 one hundred million, not three hundred million. Fraud. Well, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. You know, they actually have understood professional definitions of what fraud is: legal des- uh, definitions, accounting definitions, and there are like elements that have to be met for this to be fraud. And number one, you have to conceal it. Number two, there has to be forgery. Number three, there has to be intent. There are all these things that go into it. The judge just looked at that number and assumed that must be fraud. It can actually be a mistake. Well, what kind of mistake is that? Well, I'm just going through some headlines here. Nobody said the Pentagon was uh, guilty of fraud when a $3.5 billion accounting error occurred. This is uh, related to Ukraine. Let's see here. Then there was a $21 trillion Pentagon accounting error. Then there was a $35 trillion accounting error. There are accounting errors. There's, there's, there are mistakes. There are accidents. And then there's fraud. And the accounting, uh, what is it called? The, oh, I got it right here. The gap. The gap. Uh, the generally accepted accounting principles. Gap. Well, if you look it up. They actually have a definition for fraud, what actually entails accounting fraud. And you have to have all these elements. There is absolutely no evidence that the Trump team tried to conceal this. You know, one year it was worth $100 million, The next year it was worth $300 million. I could see the $100 million, somebody saying, triple it, triplet. It's a triplex. It's $100 million per floor. Make it $300 million. It doesn't matter. The judge was so anxious to declare fraud that he just went ahead and declared fraud. But there is, there are steps that happen in the accounting world and the financial world. You hear about it all the time. Exxon, a half billion dollar accounting error. Maybe they talk about fraud, but it has to be proven. And there are elements that have to be met. And the judge didn't bother with any of it. Engeron, he just hated Trump. And he came up with this decision, you have to remember, before Listen to any witnesses, no expert witnesses, nobody. I also want to say something about Mazars, the accounting firm. I'm pretty sure I know what happened here. It looks like to me, going through this, uh, this ruling and the exhibits and everything I know about how the world works, that Mazars, I don't, they got scared. They got scared because they started hauling their lawyers and their accountants downtown to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, where the investigators, the lawyers down there, the DA, trashed Trump. And by doing that, and these guys are there, the message was, you guys are vulnerable here. You guys. Because, actually, don't the accountants, right? The accountants, the accountants, they have responsibility here. I heard uh, David Bender, I'm looking through his stuff, and he says, well, you know, all of, we just went off of what they told us. We just went off of what they told us. Well, 
If you look up the in the gap, the generally accounting wait, what does that stand for? Generally accepted accounting principles. They're uh, responsible for a lot more than just taking pieces of paper from the company. They have to do their own due diligence. They have to ensure and identify any misstatements. They have to validate the information received. They can't just rubber stamp it. So I think Mazars got nervous, just like the whole world got nervous. People came up to me, actually, after January 6th and said, you may want to think about cooling it with your support for Trump. I'm like, why? Well, because he's, he's going down. He already went down. He's not coming back. So you need to start thinking about that. These are people like friends of mine and, and, and even relatives. And I'm like, well, number one, he did nothing wrong. Number two, uh, I feel great loyalty to him, actually. I, I, and, and I like him. And I'm not going uh, to leave him in, at this moment. It was the fashionable thing to do. Remember how, uh, how appealing everybody thought DeSantis was? Remember that? And there was real pressure. You know, got to go with DeSantis. He's, he's like Trump without the baggage. He's like Trump without the baggage. What a load of crap that was. Hey, Nikki Haley is one disgusting woman. Absolutely disgusting. She was on the network, uh, all, the, all the channels today. You know, they don't take Trump rallies. But Nikki Haley opens her mouth and every single channel listen to her. They listen to her. And what did she say? I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay in this no matter how few people vote for me. Whatever happened to the people having a choice, the people having a say, what she is doing by staying in this race is banking on Trump getting convicted. I'll tell you what, if anything does happen to Trump, which I pray to God does not happen, and I don't think it will, so I don't even want to think about it. But Nikki, you are the last person, the last person anybody is going to look for, or two. You have lied repeatedly. You lied to Donald Trump. You lied to the American people when you said you would never run for president. You lied more recently when you said all Donald Trump talks about are the uh, the cases against him. All he talks about, he's throwing a temper tantrum late at night on True Social. That's all he talks about. Well, I watched his rally on Saturday night, and I, I saw him talk about China. I saw him talk about the border. I saw him talk about the economy. I saw him talk about this transgender mess. I, t- I saw him talk about Biden. Yes, he talked about the case. Why not? He should. They're trying to destroy him, Nikki. And then Nikki today, you know what she tried to say? She's like, I'm like, I'm like David, and I'm going up against Goliath. And it's been that way my entire career. Another lie. Another total and complete lie. I looked it up. When she was running for governor back in... Um, when was that? 2010. You know what? Uh, you know how what, how much of an outsider she was. Mitt Romney came down and campaigned for her. The incumbent governor, a guy named Mark Sanford, let everybody in town know that she was his choice. Wanted him and nobody else. Hey, did you see that uh, poor guy playing the cello get hit in the head by some maniac in the subway station? And now he says he's never, oh, wow. This guy didn't even rob him. He just hit him in the head and walked away. And there he is right now, a young man, a musician. I see him on the Fox News. He's going to be speaking out about this. Wow. 
I like those musicians in the subway, right? I don't like them in the subway cars, however. It's fine if you play at the station. Union Square has a lot of them, and they're 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 good. But you have the ability to walk by them and leave them in the pet, you know, leave them behind you. But when they start doing the merengues on the subway itself, or worse, that little dance troupe, and they start swinging off those uh, those bars like crazy, and then they kind of demand that you, uh, you know, appreciate them and and try to get you as part of the performance. I hate that. And that should be illegal. I'm pretty sure it actually is illegal. Uh, hello, Eric. Hello. How are you? Uh, Greg. Greg, Greg, how are you doing? Um, I think you think this, I get the impression that you think this judge is probably a little bit deranged. But, like, I mean, hell, well, help me out here. Isn't, isn't he he's sending something up to the, that he knows is going to be overturned by the appellate court? I mean, unless he's in that crazy. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do I think? What? I mean, does, isn't it, isn't it judge? He's insane. He's sending something up that he knows is going to be overturned on appeal. You're not supposed to do that. You know? Well, the, uh, uh, the I whole, think... the whole game here is to hurt Trump. Now is to hurt him for the election is to hurt him right now. Forget about the appeal. That's after the election. That, 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 that comes later, right? The whole plan was arrest him. People will get scared and drop him. Right. They didn't think this far ahead. That's kind of a curious thing. Back in 2022, when this judge actually ruled, you know, for a while there, it looked like Trump was possibly, you know, dead meat, January 6th and whatnot. So they're they're carrying out a plan that they thought would have worked by now, that would have canceled Trump. So now they're all they have they they have to go through with their scheme, and it's falling apart. Um, yeah, look, judges get overturned all the time. You know that. So you say, like, well, this judge could never do that knowing he's going to get overturned. Maybe he doesn't think he's going to get overturned. Maybe he is such a simpleton that he thinks, oh, well, well, there, there must be fraud here. If there's a mistake, it, it must be fraud. Somebody's guilty. It doesn't work that way. I've been talking to accountants all day long. How the hell do you think I know GAP, the generally, accounted, the generally accepted accounting principles? GAP, David Bender, this guy, they haul him downtown. He gets nervous. It's all about Weisselberg's responsibilities. But what about your responsibilities, David Bender? I think you got scared, and I think you ran home to mommy. You and David Williams and the rest, you got scared. You got scared because, you know, Trump, what did they do? They created a stink around Trump, and it makes good people afraid to do business with him. Mazers, they may be good people. Mazars, whatever. So, uh, Eric, don't be surprised. Eric, don't be so naive. All right. Remember, these guys are on a mission. So your rationale is, well, he knows it's a bad case. So why would he do it? I mean, just look at the guy. Number one, he wears a purple short, to, a purple shirt to court. Bozo the clown. I'm looking at the way he conducted himself in this thing. Yelling, screaming, passing weird notes to his clerk who's not sitting in the chamber. His clerk was sitting on the bench right next to him. Chuck Schumer's person. So it may defy logic, I'll grant you that, Eric, but these people are not working logically. This is emotion, and it's all blowing up in their face. It will. I'm not even confident about the appeals court at this point, the Supreme Court. Maybe it goes there. Does that make any sense, Eric? I mean, I know you're looking for a rationale. There may not be a rationale. If or they, these are not rational people, I should say. Well... If it's theoretically got to the Supreme Court, they say, what are you wasting our time with this? They can't. There's got to be some 
You know, it's all. It's no, all, listen to you. Like, um, they've even they've even presented doubt in your head because I sense talking to you that you are a Trump guy. So you, you well, there must be something there, right? There, there's got to be something, right? No, that 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 no, well, that's that's maybe not you, but other people. And they see these headlines. Wow, three hundred thirty-five million, three hundred fifty million, four hundred. Obviously, there's got to be something. It's for the sheep. It's theater for the sheep. Theater you know? for the sheep. Well, you know, they're, they're going to find out that we're a bunch of wolves and we're smart. Thank you, thank you, Eric. Oh, that poor guy getting hit right in the head with the cello. By the way, it was an electronic cello. An electronic cello. It didn't have the big bass It had, or the big piece of wood. It had something else. All right, give me one moment, please. Many thanks. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. All right. State lawmakers alarmed and probe of $3.5 billion accounting error. Papa John's quietly corrects major accounting error. Uh, The Pentagon, I mentioned. Trillions of dollars in accounting errors. What they have done is try to criminalize um, the course of doing business. And the course of doing business is not perfect. All kinds of mistakes are made. You know, I heard Bill O'Reilly say that um, the judicial system is collapsing. It is an utter collapse. It's not fair. It's totally backwards. Alvin Bragg letting criminals go and persecuting the good guys You see what we're left with. Cops getting kicked in the head, a riot on Randall's Island, legalized shoplifting, and Donald Trump harassed in court. And again, they paid an expert witness over $400,000. The plaintiff did. I don't blame President Trump for hiring expert witnesses. He's fighting for his life. But for the government to spend $400,000 on some guy... And what's so special about this guy? I don't like him. Let me see. He's, uh, he's from Greenwich. Let me see who, where this guy went. Just, is he another Trump hater or is he, actually being, uh, is he actually being honest here? I don't think he's being, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say too much because we don't want to get any, we don't want any problems with lawyers. But I'll just read from what he wrote. Let me see here. He determines that the banks could have made a lot more money had they known the full scope of Donald Trump's financial situation. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. You see, the banks wouldn't have made any money if Trump could not have gotten a rate that was competitive, that he could live with. There's that, too. Let's see here. Okay. Michael McCarty. Michael McCarty testified as an expert witness for the plaintiff on banking and capital markets. Seems like the state should have their own person to do this. He is the chairman and CEO of an investment bank called M.M. Dillon and Company, where he works on debt, convertible, and equity transactions, mergers, and acquisitions. Where he works on debt, convertible, and equity transactions, and mergers, and acquisitions. Hmm. 
Doesn't say anything about uh, real estate, does it? I guess it all overlaps a little bit. He has worked in the banking industry since 1975 and holds an MBA from Wharton with a concentration in capital markets. He has been qualified as an expert. In performing his expert review, McCarty conducted an analysis of the risk differentials of the various loans and loan proposals at issue in this action. In doing so, he looked at the internal documents by Deutsche Bank of analyzing first the credit level of the guarantor versus the credit level of the collateral, then the project itself without a guarantee for the Doral, the old post office, and Trump Chicago loans. All right. And then he figures out, aha, McCarty's calculations determined that Donald Trump improperly saved the following amounts on interest as a result of the banks relying on Donald Trump's fraudulent SFCs and personal guarantee. $72,908,000 on the Doral loan, $53,000,000 on the old post office loan, $17,000,000 on the Chicago loan, and $24,000,000 on the 40 Wall Street loan. In 2020, the Doral loan was $125 million. Applying the non-recourse rate, 10% or 0.01, results in an interest payment of $12,500,000. Applying the recourse rate of 1.938% or 0.019348, results in an interest payment of $2,418,000. Subtracting the latter from the former yields, a savings of $10 million. Do you know what that means? I know what it means. There may have been no loan at all. Nobody would have made money. You negotiate a rate. You negotiate this stuff. It's called wheeling and dealing. And by the way, you know what the bank does, Deutsche Bank? When you go to Deutsche and you want a massive loan, but you have massive properties. Let's say I own the skyscraper I'm sitting in right now. And I went to them and I said, this building, this building is worth a billion dollars. And I, I have uh, paperwork that backs that up. I know from this, I know from this case, I know from Deutsche Bank, I know from their bankers, they said it out loud in court that they automatically apply what they call a haircut to any valuation a customer submits. A haircut. What's a haircut? I've heard of a haircut in, you know, like a discount or whatever. They have it. Whatever number you come up with, me, the skyscraper owner, boy, that would be great to own a skyscraper, wouldn't it? I'd have a corner office on the top floor and a private elevator. Oh, man. I I would love it. I would love it. Anyway, they take off half the valuation automatically. And if it's, let's say I own a big piece of property, a big piece of land like up in... uh, the Hudson Valley, where that big mansion is up there. Let's say I got a lot of property. And I say, this property is worth $400 million. And they're like, well, it's just a bunch of land. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to develop it. And I'm going to put houses, and I'm going to make a, I'm going to have a, 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 a moat around my castle. And then they say, well, that's great. But here's the 75% air cut. 75% on development. If you have $400 million, they say it's worth $50 million. Internally, you can say externally whatever you want. Anyway, this is business. This is the way it's done. Even I can figure that out. It was a little bit more difficult for me because some of this stuff is foreign. 
But now that I kind of have gotten up to speed, I had no problem dis- uh, disputing and uh, debunking the the um, the case against Trump when it came to the documents, the case against Trump when it comes to January 6th, uh, the case against Trump when it comes to Stormy Daniels. I mean, that stuff is easy to figure out. You don't need an MBA. You don't need to be a business person. This stuff, you kind of need to be a business person. Well, I've spoken to enough business people, and they have spoken to me, and this is yet another crime against Trump.